Welcome to the College Football Bros. Where the weekly transfer portal question, and if we need it, we'll use it. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. On today's show, we are going to give our analysis of the biggest moves in the transfer portal so far this offseason. But first, there's a good amount of news to get to. So let's start at Miami. They've made their offensive and defensive coordinator hires. They took former Auburn DC Kevin Steele before he could sign with Maryland. And then on offense, they hired Broyles Award winner Josh Gaddis away from Michigan. So two pretty big hires there. What'd you guys think? Uh, pretty good hires, especially for kind of, you know, at this point, I thought they were, uh, I don't know. I just didn't know. I didn't expect Kevin Steele to end up there, but what he did at Auburn for five years as the defensive coordinator was great. Um, of course, he's got a Nebraska history, which a little bit fond of, but he did great there. I think Kevin Steele is a good, he's a good recruiter. Um, he's proven defensive coordinator, having good teams, uh, there and Gaddis. I'm gonna let Trey speak on Gaddis first, but I, I'm a little reserved. Yeah. I mean, Gaddis, I'm I'm on the fence in terms of how I guess highly regarded he he is. I give him a lot of credit this past season. He I feel like he he got the most out of Cade McNamara, who wasn't all that great and leaned on a great run game. Um, but I just kind of have that that Shea Patterson year in my mind, uh, where where I thought that they they really underachieved. Um, and then the, the COVID year was a disaster. So I think we're going to actually learn a lot this year as he's inheriting one of the better quarterbacks that I'm most excited about going into 2022, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, so we'll re- we'll see if he's able to improve off of you know Rhett Lashley. But overall, big picture, I really like how committed Miami is. Yeah, I, I see the hires. I, I think both of you guys put it well, kind of echo your thoughts. Um, but yeah, this does show how committed Miami is. It it seems like Miami and USC are kind of on similar tracks right now. They are, you know, once great powers that, you know, have been fine the last 10 or 15 years, but of course not, not elite. And they are now starting to act like big boys. They are shelling out a lot of money for these coaches. They're poaching coaches from other blue bloods, other big schools. So yeah, definitely bullish on Miami. And as far as Gaddis, it seems like uh, Harbaugh's flirtation with the NFL kind of indirectly led to this because yeah gaddis texted uh, the michigan players when he left he said unfortunately the past few weeks has told me a different story or has told a different story to me about the very little appreciation i have here from administration in life i would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted so yeah it seemed like harbaugh might be leaving and gaddis probably thought he might be in line for a promotion to head coach and apparently he must have got some sort of word that that was unlikely so that kind of led man. him to, Come on, to leave. That's a little harsh. It's a little, just, you know, maybe a little more reality. I mean, I don't know. It's, I feel like he, he has a right to feel that, feel that way. He was the Broyles award winner and he's yeah. there. He saw uh, what happened at another big time program in the Midwest, Notre Dame. They promoted their, their star coordinator. So if I, I can see feeling a little disrespected, I don't know what it is that he heard from administration, you know, right, exactly. Right. But, um, Anyway, and I'll, he's off also to Gaddis. Like I don't want to. I don't want it to come across as like he's bad. It's just like I we're just a little on the fence. But you know, part of that to his credit could be that maybe Harbaugh kind of reined him in and, and still wanted you know his style. So that's why I'm just curious about how he'll he'll fare at Miami now. Yeah, I'm with you because he was kind of he was on a 
a warm seat headed into this year. So yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll we'll see if this year was more representative of of what he can do or or the previous couple of years. Um, all right, let's let's talk about Auburn. We got to talk about Auburn because it's going crazy there. Uh, this by the time you listen to this, this definitely could be dated. Uh, so Brian Harson's job is in major major jeopardy right now most people seem to think he's done uh he's under scrutiny right now from the university leaders for the overall volatility in the program and his treatment of players and assistant coaches they've had 25 players enter the transfer portal since the end of the regular season they've lost coordinators a couple players had negative things to say about him on social media some have also said positive things uh several have so it's not it's not like there's a groundswell of support against him from from the players but uh but at this point it's it's going to be tough a uh, tough look if if they keep him or tough for him to c- continue recruiting and what do, what do you guys think about this and what are who are some potential candidates if they do fire him yeah i mean and like you, I, I've kind of read both sides of the ledger here. Um, some articles and fans have said, you know, this turnover is needed to happen from the last regime as they're establishing a new culture and not everyone from the Malzahn era was on board with him. Uh, and then, but the other side, and it seems to be more vocal, uh, they've pointed to the toxic culture. And and I think him being an outsider is giving them some some extra angst. Uh, but uh, But in terms of candidates... I think my list is going to begin and end with Hugh Freeze. Like <laughs> he thrived with the Auburn transfer Malik Willis. We saw what he did at Ole Miss. There's some other guys that might be a little more underwhelming. I'll let you guys touch on, but man, that's where I would go. Well, it's just weird for a guy that's been a, a you know a proven head coach for a while to have something happen like this. Um, kind of player speaking up. I mean, you know what is this? His seventh year, maybe or eighth year as a head coach, maybe more than that. So he's, I don't know. It just seems after seven been coaching for so long that you know a leader treatment of players and other coaches like you think he would have had that something like what is the story would have come up uh in his previous years but i guess you never know maybe the pressure at auburn's a little different and um, clearly i mean the boosters are seem to be pressing this because they didn't most of them it seems like didn't want yeah. to hire him in the first place so the fact that you know they lost their last what five games of the season and the recruiting class wasn't you know up to even what Malzahn had been bringing in so I think they're taking their opportunity to say let's let's get rid of this guy well and maybe Jamie Chadwell close to Carolina of course gotta bring him up that would be fun yeah it'd be fun Bill Clark uh done in state at UAB has done a great job um those are a couple ones and then of course Matt Campbell just gotta throw his name out for every job (laughs) yeah all right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Maybe maybe Harson keeps his job. Who knows? But yeah. uh, let's move on to the transfer portal, our topic for this episode. And the, the first thing we're going to do is just let's go through the top 15 transfer portal classes according to 24-7 sports. And so just so we kind of get an idea of the teams that have you know a lot of new pieces that are going to contribute right away. So Trey, get us started with number 15. Yeah, we've got UCLA, uh, the Bruins, they got seven transfers, uh, and there was a clear focus on the defensive side where the Bruins, they need help. Um, they finished 76th in SP plus defense last year. So they got, they addressed, they got three guys on the defensive line. They also got a corner from Wyoming, which they needed as they, they lost an even better corner, probably Jay Shaw to Wisconsin. Um, I don't necessarily anticipate anyone from this transfer hall to be dominant, but Chip is, I think, hoping that the new faces on D as a whole will help elevate that unit. Yeah, I think I agree with that. 
Um, all right, number 14, we have the Florida Gators. Uh, they have six transfers coming in so far. Uh, the biggest help that they got was really up front on the offensive line. Uh, Billy Napier, the former coach at Louisiana, obviously their head coach now, he's bringing in a couple of his former players from that offensive line, Osiris Torrance and Cameron Waits. So well, there's a couple of proven good good players, uh, a guard and a tackle that will should play right away for him. They're also bringing along their, their running back, uh, Montrell Johnson, who was a freshman last year. He had over 800 yards as a freshman, so um, it's a nice piece for them to, to, to kind of add in. Um, they also got another guy, a talented corner from Georgia, who he, he was a freshman, uh, Jalen Kimber. He didn't play much, but he was a big recruit uh, a couple years back, so he could uh, develop into somebody. But, uh, you know, the offensive line might help the running game there with, uh, with this, these transfers. Yeah, those were some big gets for sure that followed him from Louisiana. Uh, number 13 is Missouri, and I wasn't sure if uh, Eli Drinkwitz would have the the recruiting chops to do well in that the SEC, but you know you, we talked about it last week, week's episode, how great the high school recruiting class was. They also brought in solid class of transfers. They brought in nine guys. Uh, they got a running back to potentially replace Tyler Beatty, uh, Nathaniel Pete from Stanford. He had 5.7 yards per carry in his career so that's a good one uh most of the transfers were on defense which is where they really need help because they were terrible defensively um so they got a couple d linemen including Jaden jernigan from oklahoma state who was their highest graded interior lineman per pro football focus so that is a is a big get uh, they also got tyron hopper an experienced linebacker from florida and just a few other power five transfers so uh they should be better defensively it won't be difficult to do that but they, they got some yeah. good ones. Yep. All right, moving on to number 12, Alabama. And they're really, they're 12th due to only taking three transfers so far. But in terms of quality, you could argue they're, they're top five. I mean, they got two of the, the most sought-after transfers. Eli Ricks, a, a top corner from LSU, and Jameer Gibbs, the young running back from Georgia Tech. They also added Jermaine Burton, uh, the wideout from Georgia, who they, they just lost to in the title. Uh, but you know, in terms of like Ricks, we saw in the national title, how Alabama was a little young. They obviously had some injuries. Um, they needed a tad more help in the secondary and a Ricks. He was a five-star a couple years ago, third team, all American, highly productive. He'll be there, you know, day one starter Gibbs helps replace Brian Robinson. Um, and Saban, I listened to him talk about, uh, Gibbs. He praised how he can be used in the passing game as well. So you think, I think he'll, he'll thrive. And then Burton, he won't be necessarily as flashy as Mechie or Jamison Williams, but he brings experience, might break out, go into a more explosive offense. Yeah, he could be. He could be. Yep, exactly. You never know. All right. I hope they needed some help, so I'm I'm glad they got some. Yeah, good for them. Yep, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This this next team needs a lot of help. Watch it. (laughs) That number... At number 11, we got the Cornhuskers. They got 11 guys coming in so far. Uh, the biggest guests for them were two QBs, uh, Casey Thompson from Texas and Chubba Purdy coming in from Florida State. So one of those guys should pan out to be pretty solid, you would think. Um, Thompson had some good numbers uh, at, at Texas last year. Um, they also got some help in the secondary, added a couple of corners, one from Arizona State and then uh, a good player from the FCS level in Northern Iowa. Uh, I also get a nice receiver, former five-star uh, Trey Palmer coming in from LSU. He's his LSU wide receiver coach Mickey Joseph is kind of coming to Nebraska and brought him along, so he should play a pretty big role. And then got a couple of linemen, another receiver, so it's it's a nice group of players. 
Um, really, it's just the question mark to me is how good could like maybe Casey Thompson or Chubba Purdy be? Are they going to be a big upgrade over Martinez or just kind of average? Yeah, we will see. Uh, number 10 is Michigan State. And of course, last year's transfer transfer portal class for them was played a, a huge role <laughs> in their breakout season. Kenneth Walker, the third. Of course, the by far the, the best of those transfers. This year, it's at least so far a smaller class. They brought in seven guys, but the quality, at least on paper, is is much higher than last year. And what I like about this class is every single guy has experience. So it's you know they're they should know you know more or less exactly what they're getting with these players. They got two running backs, Jalen Berger from Wisconsin, and the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the of the Year, Jarek Broussard from Colorado. Of course, Mel Tucker. Uh, coached him there a couple years ago so they have replaced kenneth walker and then um they got illinois tight end daniel barker who has 64 career receptions and was a, a four-star transfer per 24 7 so that's good get they got three experienced linebackers they got amir speed from from georgia a corner who uh played a good amount there um so yeah i, I think mel tucker has just done a what seems like a perfect job of of using the transfer portal like in your first year when you really need to build up the talent your first couple of years go heavy portal um and then kind of maybe use it less and less but higher quality guys moving forward and in a different way trey your guy nick saban or the team you covered alabama they're using it in a perfect way i think for an elite program just bring in like three to four elite guys to <laughs> yeah. plug some holes it's amazing it's amazing uh and number nine a school that's trying to do something similar is Texas. They only took four, but in terms of the per-player ranking, they'd be at the top this year. Uh, the headliner is Quinn Ewers, who was the five-star quarterback from last season. Originally committed to Texas, of course, but went to Ohio State. Um, and so then with Casey Thompson transferring to Nebraska, Sark really needed to address the quarterback situation. Needs a potential game-changer there uh, to take this program to the next level. They're hoping Ewers can, can do that. They also got a couple uh, targets to throw to. A productive tight end, Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. Isaiah Nair, who broke out for Wyoming this year. He was a really productive player in his first first year, year and a half, I guess, if you will. Um, so these targets are going to help them uh, just not solely rely on, on Xavier Worley, Worthy on the outside. The only problem I had with this class, though, is they didn't quite address the defense uh, since that was just horrendous last year. They brought in. They did bring in a transfer corner or safety from Ohio State, Ryan Watts, but that was it. So I would have liked a little bit more there. Yep, I agree there. All right, at number eight, we got TCU. Uh, they're bringing in a nice group of nine transfers. Uh, they got a good old lineman. It's probably kind of leading the way. Alan Ali from uh, uh, SMU. A couple of uh, good versatile running backs. Uh, Traylon Smith from Arkansas and Amani Bailey from uh, Louisiana. They got a solid D lineman from the great power of UConn. <laughs> um, I did lose a major piece, uh, from the running back room. They lost that Zach Evans, who was, who did, did real well, but you know, Traylon Smith and Imani Baylor are, are nice replacements. Um, so, you know, they got some guys that are, I think they're going to plug some holes for them. I'm not sure we got game changers, but overall TCU got a, brought a solid group in and, uh, should kind of help them this year. Yeah. Be interested to see how Sonny Dykes does there in, in year one. Mm -hmm. Number seven is South Carolina. And they were, of course, better on the field, um, at least in terms of wins and losses last year than than we expected. There is now their offense was horrible, though. Their off, it was all in spite of their offense. Uh, there's now hope with this transfer class. 
all solid players. Five of the seven are are on offense, including Spencer Rattler, the headliner, maybe a top 10 quarterback in the country. And when you compare that to their quarterback play from last year, whatever Spencer yeah. Rattler is going to give them is, exactly. you'd think, going to be light years better. Um, they also got some some weapons for him. Of course, his teammate, Austin Stogner, a tight end, uh, followed him. And they got a receiver from James Madison who had 1,250 yards last season. So, yeah, offense is, uh, is definitely going to take a big step forward. Number six was Arkansas. I, I wasn't necessarily wowed by this class, but I think they got some some quality players. Um, the Razorbacks, they're bringing in six transfers. The biggest get was linebacker Drew Sanders from Alabama. Uh, they, they lost two linebackers, so they needed it. Uh, he had a lot of production early last year before an injury kind of slowed him, but he was a five-star a couple years ago. They brought in an outside uh, threat, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma. Um, and believe it or not, he was actually Oklahoma's uh, leader in receptions and touchdowns last year. Uh, so that could help KJ Jefferson maybe take the next step next year. And they also got an impact corner from LSU, Dwight McGlothern, uh, which helps given that they lost three players in the secondary. So they addressed some needs. That they did. All right, moving on to uh, Florida State. Uh, they got uh, at number five, I should say. Uh, they got 10 transfers so far. Um, and they definitely went hard after receivers. Uh, they got four. Micah Pittman from Oregon, Johnny Wilson from Arizona State, Deuce Bam, Illinois, and Winston Wright from West Virginia. I, you know, those are some solid gets. So I would, I would expect at least two of those guys, at least to to give them a lot of snaps uh, this coming year. They got a hundred a uh, hundred tackle linebacker from UCF, Tatum Bethune. He's a nice get for them. Uh, Greedy Vance, a, a good freshman corner, has got a lot of potential from Louisville. Um, and they got the, maybe the best of the bunch is a, an edge rusher from Albany, uh, Jared Verse. Uh, he could come off and make plays there. Uh, did it? He had like nine and a half sacks there in Albany. So, um, and they had a couple solid offensive linemen as well. So, uh, this is a good a good transfer class for Florida State. I think that's going to help them be more competitive in the ACC. Yeah, verse could be there. Could be this year's uh, Jermaine Johnson, right? The Georgia transfer last year that was, I think, ACC yep. Defensive Player of the Year. He was great. Uh, number four is Oklahoma. And they, they of course, lost some really good players in the portal, which which we'll get to. But they added a, a solid class of 10. So stealing Dylan Gabriel from the last second for, from UCLA was huge because, of course, they lost Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. They had a huge need at quarterback. And Gabriel was literally, I think he was going to uh, enroll in classes either that day or the next day. He was going to uh, start classes at UCLA. And, and they were able to get him to transfer. And he clearly fits in with... Jeff Levy's system. He played for him um, over at UCF uh, a couple years ago, for a few years ago. And let's see, they got uh, a three-year starter at guard from Cal, which should help the O-line, which kind of underperformed last year. And then the other three guys I like in this class, they got Jonah Laulu, a big defensive end from Hawaii, who people really seem to like. Uh, CJ Colden from Wyoming, a All-Mountain West second-team cornerback. And then TD Roof, a solid linebacker from App State, who is Ted Roof, the the new defensive coordinator's son. So, um, you know, most of the other guys they got, uh, at least according to Pro Football Focus, didn't grade out so well at their previous stops. But clearly, Venables sees sees something. So I would, you know, put some stock in that for sure. That's right. All right, number three, LSU. Brian Kelly, he hit the portal hard, as as you might expect with with the transition class brought in 13 new faces uh, via transfer, and they really went after the the secondary, especially since 
losing Eli Ricks to Bama and Derek Stingley to the draft. They got all Big 12 corner Jarek Bernard. I think that'll help. Brought in a safety and corner from Arkansas as well. The guys with the the biggest impact might be on the lines. Makai Wingo on the D-line comes in from Mizzou. Only a freshman last year, but was a force and still has some some upside. Also got a big offensive lineman from F Florida International, Miles Frazier. He chose uh, LSU over Ohio State and Florida State, so obviously sought after. He could play either tackle position. And then another name to watch is Noah Kane, the running back from Penn State. Really talented, and if used right, could could break out. So we're going to see if Kelly can get the big transfer class to, to gel, but on paper, pretty solid. Definitely, definitely. All right, moving on to uh, number two. We got Ole Miss, Michael's favorite coach, Lane Kiffin. Um, the headliner is Jackson Dart, of course, the the, the transfer from um, freshman transfer quarterback from USC. Um, exciting player, but it's more than just him, no doubt about it. Uh, they got Jared Ivey, a big young defensive lineman from Georgia Tech. He looks to be a, a big addition who has a lot of potential. Uh, as uh, JJ Pegues, uh, the D lineman slash kind of former tight end from Auburn. Uh, he'll be a D lineman, but he's got a lot of potential as well. So they got some 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 talented guys coming in. A couple of solid safeties, one from Iowa State and the other from Auburn, another Auburn transfer. Um, and they also got they got a good tackle from Western Kentucky who had a great offense, a playmaking linebacker, Troy Brown from Central Michigan. So, I mean, he filled in a lot of pieces and some playmakers too. So, uh, you know, I, I like I think I really like Dart though. It just seems like it's going to work. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, I feel like Lane Kiffin can make it work with any quarterback, and Dart yeah. has a lot of talent, so you would think they, yep. they'll do big things. Number one, though, on at least for now, is USC. They've got 13 transfers so far, all from Power 5 schools, actually, and pretty balanced offense and defense. So Caleb Williams is the star, and that was just a massive get, of course, because losing Jackson Dart, USC was, you know, very uncertain at quarterback so that's huge that's going to accelerate usc's rebuild they got some good skill players they got the top ranked receiver in the portal portal mario williams from oklahoma um they got travis die running back from oregon who he's like was one of my favorite players to watch this season maybe it's just the fact that he doesn't wear gloves he doesn't wear anything on <laughs> yeah. his arms he just looks really old school and kind of blue collar Yeah, that's what it seems like just just totally old school because it's just just without gloves. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's weird. Just so weird. It, it just yeah. but you you notice it. You like. But he's also not like super fast. You know, he's nothing. He's not like a huge physical presence. Yeah. He's just kind of a work workman. But he's solid. He's good. So I know that he was he sixteen over sixteen hundred all purpose yards last year, and then uh, potential starting left tackle from Virginia, and then a good amount of guys on defense. Nobody at least proven to be amazing, but some, some good young players and uh, they actually stole Colorado's top corner. So that uh, was a big position of need. And I don't, I think USC is far from done. Um, I'm thinking they'll take over 20 and possibly significantly over 20. So they've only got 13 now. It's, it's, it's crazy. The amount of turnover that's happening. Well, I would want to go play for Lincoln Riley at USC. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't want you, unfortunately. So, <laughs> <laughs> I can do something. I, I don't think so. <laughs> no. All right, let's uh, not on the field. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> let's move on to the biggest losers of the transfer portal. So, I guess you could call those top fifteen winners um, in some ways. But Ryan, who's our first loser? It might be a, the one that was on the winners list too. 
All right. So we're going to go with uh, my first one's going to be the Oregon Ducks. Okay. As uh, my first loser. Um, you know, their biggest loss may be from a player who actually barely even played for them. Uh, the five-star tackle, uh, Kingsley Sumatea, I believe. I'm so bad at that. Um, he said it to BYU. He was a five-star. He was a big-time recruit. Um, it was just a huge get. Of course, everybody wanted him. But I would move him to BYU. I'm sure he's going to dominate there. Um, they also lost Micah Pittman, a solid wide receiver. Uh, corner, DJ James, another pl- good player. Another guy on the D-line, Jason Jones. Mike already mentioned Travis Dye at running back. Yeah, it's a lot of pieces to lose. Um, it hurts when you and Travis dies heading to USC too, but just some major pieces headed elsewhere. So that they they lost a lot. Okay, uh, my first loser here is Louisiana. Of course, losing Billy Napier was is big enough as yeah. it is, but he had they had a good run. Yeah, very good run. But had some players follow him. We you know we mentioned it before. I think they had a running back and two O linemen go to Florida. Uh, they lost a wide receiver and a safety to LSU. Um, plus their top tacklers in the portal. So when you're losing players to SEC schools and you're Louisiana, those are those are huge losses. So they're yeah. uh, I think they're they're 126th in returning production according to Bill Connolly, and transfers are a big part of that. I mean, their time had to come to an end at some point. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's, my, that's uh, harsh. Maybe they'll first... still be good. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a lot to lose. It is. My first loser is a program that's in turmoil that we we talked about at the top, Auburn. Uh, obviously, of course, with with Brian Harson, and you know, we'll see how that shakes out in the next couple of days. But but five four star transfers left, including a couple that that went with within the SEC over to Ole Miss. Bo Nix left for Oregon. Sean Shivers, the running back, left for Indiana. I mean, I still remember him, uh, his Iron Iron Bowl run a couple of years ago, where he knocked that Bama guy's helmet off. Uh, the defensive line though was ravaged eight linemen put their name in the portal, uh, after the season, Lee Hunter was probably the biggest loss there. He went to UCF to pair up with Gus Malzahn again. So have to make Auburn a loser. Yeah, that's an easy choice right there. No doubt. All right. My, uh, my second loser, I'm going to go Oklahoma. I know they brought in some, some talented guys, no doubt, but they lost Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, and even just, even this losing him by itself is just a massive loss. Of course, he had such a great freshman year. Um, but outside of him, you also lost, um, some other guys that are going to USC, a corner, Latrell McCutcheon, talented young player. Um, and Mike already mentioned the wide receiver, Mario Williams. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I know they, have some guys coming in. Oh, I didn't mention Austin Stogner and Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Even yeah. So, Jaden Hazelwood, like, Hazelwood and Jaden Hazelwood. Yes, of course to Arkansas. So there, there's some, some key pieces. I know Rattler, they might, they kind of had a, they didn't necessarily after such a great Caleb Williams performance, you know, if he left, you were like, Oh, we still have Rattler at least, but no, sorry. But yeah, tough, tough one for OU. Okay. Uh, my next loser, Virginia. And it's mostly, the offensive line. Their offensive line got decimated by the portal. They lost a Remington Award finalist at center to Michigan, starting tackle to USC. The other starting tackles going to UCF. They had a guard who had over 300 snaps last year head to SMU. And uh, that's on top of another starter going pro, another starter exhausted his eligibility. So their top six linemen are gone from this past season. So that is going to be that's going to be rough. Um, and they also lost some good defensive players. They lost players on defense to LSU, Washington State, K-State, North Carolina. So they're not just going down to FCS schools or something like that. They're losing some quality players. So 
Bronco Mendenhall, uh, yeah, was not the only loss. Brennan, Brennan Armstrong better uh, have a quick release with that O-line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, my next one is a, another program that was in turmoil, Hawaii. Uh, they were just gutted. Uh, they lost 19 to transfer, including quarterback Siobhan uh, Cordero. You know, the, we all know that the Todd Graham era ended pretty ugly. They lost a, a captain and a, and a two-time all-conference linebacker, Darius Muasau, to UCLA, a very productive DN, Jonah Laula uh, to, to Oklahoma. So some some good Power 5 talent is now gone. Uh, you know, Timmy Chang, he added a couple transfers, including a Wazoo quarterback, but but overall a net loss, of course. Yeah, there was a couple other Mountain West schools that had big losses too. Wyoming, we've of course brought up a few yeah. Wyoming transfers uh, going to big schools. And uh, Nevada, because they lost Jay Nevada, Norvell. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, something like eight or nine players followed him to uh, to Colorado State. So, all right. Tough. Well, that'll do it for the losers. Now, we, we've still got a lot of quarterbacks to talk to. That's really, of course, the position I think most people are interested in transfers and the position that has the biggest impact. So, uh, we thought a fun way to go through this would be to do a transfer quarterback draft. So, we're going to go through. We'll have five rounds. So, we'll draft the I guess what we think are the top 15 quarterbacks that transferred in terms of how successful they'll they'll be at their next school and you can define success however you want but I guess mostly for this exercise it's just giving the listeners an idea of who's where now and and kind of how we expect them to do so uh Trey you have the first pick in the transfer quarterback draft I've been getting lucky with the first pick uh the last couple drafts Clear, clear choice again yeah exactly uh, gotta go, Caleb Williams. Michael, USC. was this a random or did you From just Oklahoma? This was did not you Excel I, random. No, I didn't do a random number number generator. I think I <laughs> just kind of was like, I just I didn't even think about it. I was like, all right, I'll give it to Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I got Caleb Williams, Oklahoma to USC. I don't even need to, to describe why. No. no, you don't. Uh, second pick is where it gets interesting. There's, I think maybe like three guys you could reasonably take. I, yeah, I'm going with Quinn. I got two. But. Okay, I'm going Quinn Ewers from Ohio State to Texas, and I'm just betting on pedigree here. I know obviously we've never seen him play at the college level, but he was the not just a five star quarterback. He was the number one quarterback or the number one overall recruit uh, in the country. Played for a year under Ryan Day, so that couldn't hurt. And now going to play for another really good offensive coach, Steve Sarkeesian. And I like what they've they're building on offense. Their their freshman recruiting class of O linemen was really really good. So you know maybe they don't totally help right away in year one, but they'll I'm sure develop into a really good offensive line. Uh, we brought up the Wyoming transfer at receiver Isaiah Naor. They've already got Xavier Worthy, so they're they're uh, they're building. But I think will be a really great offense, and he's going to help contribute to that if he lives up to the hype. Yep, yep. That's a that's a lot of hype. Uh, all right, that leaves me. Uh, well, I got two picks in a row here, so I'm gonna go Jackson's Dart. Jackson Dart, of course, from going from USC to to Ole Miss, as we've already said. Now, it didn't necessarily put up the huge numbers, but uh, you know, you gotta love his. Um, I don't know. He just he just he seemed really talented. and kind of yeah, he has moxie, right? He was, was just, just a true freshman, and the USC offense wasn't great yeah. last year, so yeah, he's still unproven, but he he showed flashes. He certainly did. All right, uh, so he's my first choice, and then my second choice is ones where it really starts to open up. I think in my eyes, as far as who you could go with, 
Um, but I'm actually going to go with a guy who was in the FCS last year. Oh, I'm going to go with Cam- Cameron Ward from Incarnate Word. All right. Um, he's leaving to go to be a Coug at Wazoo. 47 touchdowns, 10 picks last year. He can run a little bit. And, you know, we've seen some FCS QBs in Texas transfer up to the FPS level and do really well. Michael, who am I talking about? Uh, you're talking about uh, Zappy, Bailey Zappy. And Bailey Zappy along was... with his, his coach, uh, Zach Kitten. Yeah, Eric Morris in this. Oh, yeah. Well, Eric Morris in this case. Yeah. So I the proof's already there. It can happen and, and be like even the best <laughs> in the country still. So uh, I think Ward's going to do just fine there. And, you, you know, Wazoo, they were good last year in the, in the Pac-12. So, you know, I think there's some still going to be some decent talent for him to work with. And I expect him to be pretty good. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know if I there's like a Jareth Stearns following him, but uh, that would help. Yeah, yeah, that would. Yep. Okay, my pick. Uh, let's see. Then I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel going from UCF to almost UCLA and then to OU. Um, yeah, he's just put up great numbers in his career at UCF. Uh, was a quarterback-friendly system, but he's probably going to another quarterback-friendly system with his his old coach, Jeff Levy. So um, we talked about OU losing a few good receivers to transfer. That will hurt. But there's still pretty good talent there for sure. So he should do well. Yep. yep. All right. I, uh, I'm going to go with Keaton Slovis from USC to Pitt. Uh, he's st- the, one of the main reasons I, I like and I'm predicting success is because I know they lost offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, but um, they were the ACC champs, of course. They have some momentum. And he's still got Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner, yeah. to throw to. So I would think as long as Slovis stays healthy, he, he can at least put up some some pretty solid numbers, and I'm, I'm pretty confident I know what I'm at least my floor with, with Slovis. Uh, and then snaking back, I'm going to take, I'm going to go with Levi Williams, the Ooh, yeah. transfer mm. from, from Wyoming to, to Utah State. Uh, he's still got three seasons left. And Blake Anderson, he, he overachieved last year, uh, did, did great. Uh, um, he, of course, did great last year, but he got an in-conference transfer here that, that was great. He, he was splitting time last year, Williams was, but he seemed to, seemed to flourish as the year went on. When it was his job, his bowl game really got me excited. He ran for 200 yards and four touchdowns. Utah State loses a lot of production, but I'm, I'm I've got three three seasons with Levi Williams, so I think he can be good. Yeah, Blake Anderson does really well with quarterbacks, so I think that's a good pick. Uh, let's see, my next pick here. I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler, going from Oklahoma to South Carolina. You know, Rattler would probably go higher if if South Carolina's offense wasn't so bad last year. But yeah, like we said, they're they've uh, brought in some pieces to help him. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire just because that would be quite a turnaround for, for that offense, but he should be pretty good. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, all right. I got two picks here. So let's see. First, I'm going to go with Max Johnson, the lefty from LSU. He is leaving to go to Texas A&M. Um, but Max Johnson quietly put up some, some pretty darn good numbers last year on an average team, 27 touchdowns to just six picks. Needs to bring up the completion percentage a little bit, but um, with all that talent that they're piling up in College Station, I think he's going to have a little more support maybe than he's than he had last year. So uh, as long as he can win the job, yeah, (laughs) that was the caveat. (laughs) If he can win the job, uh, and I I know he had a good year, I think he'll. I think he he has a real real shot real shot to do it. So Max Johnson will be that next for me. Ah man, the next pick's getting tough. 
I'm going to go with a guy who doesn't have a, a destination yet. Oh, oh, so is he on the board in this? You're going JT? I'm going JT okay. Daniels. Mm. Yeah. He, I've, I came around on him a little bit. Uh, he finished so well a couple years back um, and had just a really, really good start. And then, or a good finish to that year. But I, and I honestly, if he was playing this year for Georgia, I think they still won the national title. Um, and I think they actually probably have a little bit more explosive offense. Um, I think he was just uh, probably a little bit better, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll see how that it's goes. Been, but I, I think JT's talented, man. I know. He's had the, he's he's had such a weird career. No, it's just been, it's been very quiet with JT Daniels. Like, I haven't yeah, even heard any rumors has. of schools that he might be going to. It's, it's. I, I bet he's just kind of, I would, if I were, maybe he's just waiting to see how spring shakes out so he knows he can go maybe. somewhere and start. Yeah, because I mean it's it's too late, right, for a lot of schools at least to to transfer and yeah. play in the spring. Yeah. So oh, yeah. not sure what's oh, going yeah. on there, but but yeah, he's I'm still somewhat bullish on him. I, yeah, he can be good for somebody. All right, is it back to me? Yep, yep. that was my two. Okay, Oof, I've got a choice here. Hmm, do I do it? Do I do it? I think you guys know what I might do. Ah, I'm gonna go. Yep, I do. Casey Thompson nebraska uh, he was gonna be I was, me yeah. i was <laughs> going nebraska's got a good amount of talent at at receiver they brought in mark whipple that's a solid hire offensive coordinator um i think the passing game could be better with with casey thompson than it was uh with with adrian martinez so we'll see he's got of course to compete with chubba purdy but i would make thompson a pretty healthy favorite there yeah i think he could be could be solid i yeah i'm i would have picked him there too i like i like thompson um okay so i've got two and i don't know if i mentioned this that one people is, listening probably know but casey thompson going from texas to nebraska yeah right all right i've got two here and <laughs> this is controversial i'm going with someone that i just i kind of i just i've got a, a floor and I, I know what i'm getting and that's that's bo nix of to oregon from from auburn uh you know he was last year he was actually more efficient uh, than years prior, but injuries uh, de- de- derailed his year. He's going to have to beat out some young guys, Jay Butterfield, Ty Thompson, but the new coaching staff might take the more safe option, kind of the known com- commodity in Knicks. He's familiar with the system as Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, was at Auburn a couple years ago. So I'm going to take take Knicks there. Uh, don't love it, but, but he's there. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer. Uh, Zach Gibson from Ooh. Akron to Georgia Tech. You know, I just don't think that Jeff Sims, the passer, is improving enough to, to make the Yellow Jackets better. Uh, I'm not writing him off, but but Gibson in the MAC was was really solid. Pro football focus had him the eight, gave him the eighth highest grade in the country. Um, he was improved uh, each year at Akron and still has a few years of eligibility with the new offensive coordinator, Chip Long. I'll take a flyer there. Ton, 10 touchdowns, zero picks last year. I know it was Mac competition, but still, that was that's impressive. Yes, Back to me, I will take Jaden Delora at Arizona. He's transferring from Wazoo, and he'll have to compete for the job, but I like the talent Jed Fish has, has brought in around him. He recruited great skill talent, brought in uh, some really good transfers as well, so I'm just, I'm just bullish on uh, Arizona's offense moving forward. Okay. All right. Well, final one here. Number 15. Oh. I'm doing it. Mr. Irrelevant. I'm doing yep. it. Adrian Martinez. All right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Adrian Martinez is going to K-State from Nebraska. Um, Chris Kleiman is, I, you know, I think he's going to just make it um, probably a little more simple for him. 
Um, you know, so I, I bet he'll cut down on some of those just boneheaded plays that, you know, Martinez was so prone to that Frost never was able to get out of him. Um, but he does have the potential to be very good. There were games. There was games where he carried Nebraska. You were yeah, like, oh man, he's awesome. I'm, I agree. <laughs> he's you know? solid. So, but then, but then there were games where it's like, he was awful. Uh, so if you could get him con- consistent, um, and you know, just maybe keep him a little more even keeled then um, uh, you know, I hope he does so well. Cause I like the kid. Seemed, it was a it was a great role model and just conducted himself so well. So I hope he has success there. Yeah, and they might not ask him to do quite as much uh, as he had to at right. Nebraska. Like right. he said, he was asked to carry the team sometimes. It doesn't seem like that's yeah. how K State runs their offense. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did those were my top fifteen actually? So did anyone have me too a snub that uh, they would have taken? I I mean those? the only one I would have included was Connor Basilak. I uh, didn't love it, but from Missouri to Indiana. Yeah. Um, right. But I don't, I don't, don't love it. My number 16 was Lane Hatcher going from Arkansas State to Texas State. Mm. All right. I would like yeah. to see if John Reese Plumley. he's going to UCF. I just want to see if he actually does get to play quarterback because he's, he's super athletic and gifted. So it'd be fun yeah. to see him. I'm interested in Michael Penix. He's had an injury-riddled career, but reuniting with Kalen DeBoer at Washington, if he can win the job, I I didn't take him because I'm not sure if he will win the job, but uh, Kalen DeBoer is a great offensive coach. Yes, he is. All right. Well, let's uh, close out this episode with we're going to each pick three intriguing non-quarterbacks that we haven't brought up yet. There's still some highly rated guys we haven't mentioned. So I'll get us started with a safety, Brandon Joseph, going from Northwestern to Notre Dame, and he's going to be replacing Kyle Hamilton. But he was an All-American himself in 2020, a couple years ago as a freshman. So I don't think there'll be a huge drop-off. Nope. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right. My first one is going to be... Oh, no, I'm trying to make sure I don't take your guys. Sorry. You guys sent me this list earlier. Trey, why don't you go first? <laughs> All right, I'm going to take <laughs> Jacob Copeland from he's transferring from Florida to Maryland, and I'm just interested to see if uh, he's a wide receiver. I'm interested to see if Loxley can continue to get Maryland to improve. They took a step last year. Copeland had a productive career with the Gators. He was their leading receiver a year ago. Uh, I think matching him with Dante Demas, among others, could have Maryland uh, as one of the best receiving units in the the Big Ten and and maybe even in the country if they if they th- flourish. Okay. All right, now I got mine. All right, here we go. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Muhammad Diabate. Um, he's a linebacker going from Florida to Utah. He had 89 tackles last year for the Gators, and you know, just with Utah's ability to kind of produce great defensive players and usually have good D linemen to kind of help them out, I think uh, Diabate is going to do very well um, there in Salt Lake City. Okay, my next guy. This is a guy who... I am excited to watch in the Pac-12 wide receiver Jacob Cowing going from UTEP to Arizona. So he's part of the reason I was kind of high on Jaden Delora at quarterback. He was ninth in the nation in receiving yards last year, had close to 20 yards per catch. So he is a big play guy and you know going to be playing in an offense with more talent. Indeed. All right, I'm going to go to Tanner McAllister. He's a corner going from Oklahoma State to Ohio State. Follows defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and he helped lead one of the best secondaries in the country last year. Uh, in the Big 12, he ranked first in yards allowed per coverage snap, and then second in yards per target. So he was locked down. And Ohio State's weakness was the defense, and this piece will help. Yeah, Oklahoma State lost some some good defensive yeah. players. 
It did. All right. Uh, my next guy is going to be Jackson Player. He is uh, quite the player. <laughs> Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. He's going from Tulsa to Baylor. Um, nice D tackle. He put up 50 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and five sacks. Uh, so I think Dave Aranda will probably put him on the outside there of his 3-4 that he likes to use and should be a good player for them, an, act, an active piece. Okay, my last non-quarterback here, we got to get to Tyon Evans, running back going from Tennessee to Louisville. He was the number one JUCO running back in the country last year uh, going into Tennessee. Had a good year, 6.4 yards per carry. So I would think, I mean, Scott Satterfield, does a good job getting a lot out of out of you know explosive running backs so i think he'll he'll do well yep yep all right i'm gonna go kind of off the radar here going on to watch the offensive line victor oloatimi uh going from virginia to michigan he's a center uh he was a remington award finalist this past year pro football focus had him as the second best run blocking center he only allowed three sacks this year and he held, seems kind of bad for a center, right? <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound great for a center to me. That sounds bad. Well, usually it's like zero or one. Right? Yeah. Well, consider considering how many times Brennan Armstrong threw it. Yeah, I that's guess true. they were they were high. Pro football focus was high. But you know, he's he's reliable though. He had 32 straight starts uh for Virginia. And Michigan has a strong rushing attack they're looking to keep, so he'll pave the way. And they lost Andrew Vistardis, so this is gonna be potentially an upgrade for Michigan. Yeah, no, that was a big get for them, for sure. Um, all right, my last one. I'm going to take a productive linebacker from Washington heading to Cal, Jackson Sermon. Um, he had 91 tackles um, last year. And, you know, Cal, they've had some good history lately of put, producing, you know, good linebackers. So uh, I think Sermon's going to come in there and probably he's got a couple years left, I think. I think he'll put up a couple hundred-plus tackle years and, you know, do do big things. All right, that'll do it for our transfer portal portal episode. Still a lot more players in the portal. Of course, JT Daniels, maybe the most famous one, but there's also going to be a ton more, I'm sure, after spring practice entering the portal. So we'll cover those when they happen. But thanks for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, give us a five-star rating on Spotify, five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow that as well. So we would really appreciate that. And we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.